Welcome back to my podcast, Meditate with Samara. Thank you so much for joining in. As you know, the intention of this podcast is to share with you insightful stories and tips on how to improve your well-being and improve your quality of life. And I think the topic of today is so, so important in order to have a good relationship and thus a good quality of life. So today we're going to talk about the importance of communicating mindfully so that you can bring joy in your personal relationship. And I'm so, so excited to bring the guest today and introduce her to you to the world because she is my best friend and she's such an amazing person. The guest today is Nadia Fadila. Nadia has been developing multi-stakeholder partnerships between government, private sectors, and civil societies to realize sustainable development in Southeast Asia. For the past five years, Nadia has experienced working at the UN agencies and mentoring youth movement incubators. It's so amazing. Welcoming Nadia to this podcast. Hi, Nadia. Hello, Samara. It's great to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. It's, it's amazing to have one of my best friends here on the podcast. It's just like a dream come true. So going into the topic right now, can I ask you, what is the reason that you think mindful communication is important in your life? And how did it all unfold? Okay, so I think my first interest on mindful communications it has always been quite natural. So since a young age, I'm always I've always been the extrovert kid. You know, I always love to have friends, and I'm I'm just so interested with stories or like, you know, listening to people's gossips and things like that. <laughs> When I was young, I was super into like storytelling competitions, and even this. I think the second English book I've read was on like Dale Carnegie's book on communication, how to win friends. I think I read it right after finishing Harry Potter, <laughs> things like this. So it's always been a natural thing to me. Uh, but also because you know, there my family circumstances dealing with mental health and um, traumatic experience. So I had a bit of um, exposure to the world of mental health since very young age. I think since in my teenage, I've already known about bipolar care Indonesia and the role of, you know, a support system for people with mental health. And secondly, uh, I figured that in my life, for example, dealing with failure in romantic relationships have always been challenged to me which if you've read a lot of psychology books, it's actually interrelating, right? Your family relationships and your romantic relationships often repeat similar patterns. So I had a bit of problems in that area growing up. I was lucky enough and I was privileged to, you know, develop deep friendships uh, where I can go for my support system. And I had really um, vast and diverse friendships over the years because I've traveled a lot and lived in different cities in Asia and in Europe. So I started uh, first time going abroad with Singapore and then in Hong Kong, I had the opportunities to live together with people from 18 nationalities. So, you know, different characters and cultures are always been part of, have always been part of my life. And then I realized that with my interests and my passion of uh, socializing comes two sides of the coins. On one hand, yes, it'll be really great 
if you could live together uh, with amazing friends and you understand each other, although you come from, you know, different countries, for example, my, I've lived with various roommates starting from Colombia or Ethiopia or to Hong Kong to, um, to Ukraine. So it's amazing relationship. But on the other hand, when there are also part of relationships that can bring suffering or, you know, can bring anxiety when the expectations of two parties or you don't know how to just convey your opinion or handle disappointments and things like that. So yeah, this when I started to see um, communicating with your close ones, it's not just as an intuition or following your gut feelings, but it's, there's actually skill to it. And that's how I started to invest my time on reading, listening to TED Talks and other things, so yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I'm genuinely so, so grateful for you spending so much of your time learning about communication, having the experiences you're having, being vulnerable and courageous in that process because you have helped me throughout the years with communication and my also personal problems. And now you're helping more people by sharing what you have learned. So I'm incredibly grateful for you. Likewise, for me, it's always been like personal project interest, but I'm so proud of you of doing this like full time and actually bringing all your knowledge that you've learned to the world. It's very like, I think it's very important work to the young people at the moment because, you know, we focus so much on like professional skills and other skills to focus on success, career, money. But sometimes we forget that even relationship is a skill <laughs> that we always have to learn. <laughs> so thank you also, Sammy. Thank you. Thank you so much. And moving on from what you just said about the importance of the younger people or anyone really to learn about communicating in a mindful manner, can you maybe explain a little bit more why is it so important for us to be mindful in the way we communicate with anyone? Mindful communication starts with communicating on with your family, then with you could be your romantic partners, your friends, your close circle of a social group, and lastly with your community. So it's literally every layers of our interaction with human beings, right? So why is it important for us to communicate mindfully? I think beyond reflecting on my personal experience, there are actually people who have conducted like years of study on the importance of people's relationships, individual happiness and well-being. So one of the most popular study comes from uh, Robert Waldinger. You can watch his TED Talks. He is the director of the Harvard Study of Adult Development. Um, so his, his study has focused on two groups of men with coming from two social backgrounds over the past 75 years. So one of the group of men are like Harvard men, uh, really well-educated, well-groomed, um, very successful in their life. And the second group of men is men who grew up in the Italian immigrant um, neighborhood in Boston, which has, I think, lesser education and lesser um, economic privileges. What he found in his study, what makes people thrive the most in life is not how much money do they make or how much career highlight do they have, but actually the key are just better quality of relationships contributes to better health and makes people live longer, regardless of your um, socioeconomic background. 
So obviously, um, communicating mindfully is a great part of how to build high quality relationships, hence bringing you to better quality of life. So I think that's why we need to learn together <laughs> as a community to uh, communicate better and mindfully. You also mentioned that, okay, mindful communication, but how is mindful communication different with me just communicating with you? What makes the mindfulness in mindful communication? Can you please elaborate? Yes. I first heard about the term of mindful communications is from Thich Nhat Han book titled uh, The Art of Communicating. So this, I think I encountered this only six months ago during the quarantine. And I think Thich Nhat Hanh, he is a Zen Buddhist monk uh, coming from Vietnam and he was also a peace activist during Vietnam War. He was also nominated for a Nobel Prize. Um, but his work beyond politics also focused a lot on day-to-day -day mindful communications. And he believed that relationship is like nourishment or food. Toxic communications will bring you harm in a way it'll make you feel uneasy, it will bring anger to you, it will make you cannot sleep, etc. Meanwhile, mindful communications will bring joy to yourself or you bring feel more peaceful. So it's a way to see uh, mindful communications, trying to define it in the effect that it has on ourselves. But I think one key takeaway from this book or one thing that you should remember out of this podcast that really shifted my mind on what is mindful communication is that the purpose of communicating is simply as just to understand each other. Because by under, just understanding each other, you feel better already. You don't have to control the other people or make them completely follow what you believe. It's just as simply as understanding how they feel and how you can communicate and trying to make them understand how you feel. It's just already mindful communications. Um, so there are like three basic principles on mindful communications that firstly, being mindful yourself on how you feel. So mindful with yourself, as you know, in your other podcast is based on trying to live in the present moment and not really dwelling on the past or worrying about the future. Um, why is that so? So if we, we are able to um, understand ourselves, we can understand others better and we will not seek others to fix us or trying to fill the gap of our own understanding with ourselves. So you can maybe refer other podcasts. Yeah, I think episode two or three on my podcast, uh, that was about Healing Starts with Self-Awareness and Mindfulness 101 that is so true to what you just said about we have to understand ourselves and not need other people to fill in the gaps. And I think that's the, the huge part that would have solved a lot of at least my problems, romantic problems in the past. So thank you for sharing. Yeah. I think me too. Like I just discovered this book a few months ago and I was like, I've been doing my life wrong. <laughs> Not wrong, but like just not skilled, you know, like not understanding what you can control and what you cannot, right? Because as the Thich Nhat Hanh says, relationship is more of like gardening. You're, you are, you as a gardener, 
you just give a fertilizer, water, and let the other people around you, your friends, your lover, your family grow as they wish to be, right? Not to control them or trying to, for example, I'm, ex I'm anxious of being alone. So I portray that to other people and blame them if they want to leave me, etc. But here's the key. It's not about whether they leave you or not, but it's more understanding why they leave you, right? Or why they don't feel good. It's, yeah. So once you take care of yourself first, it's easier to communicate with other people. The second principle of mindful communication is uh, mindful listening. Um, so there is the mantra that you can use. It's very applicable. It's called, uh, I know you suffer and this is why I'm here for you. Uh, what's that mean? So sometimes when our friends have problem, come to us and our first reaction is we just want them to feel good as fast as possible and we try to fix their problems, right? It also happens to me a lot and I'm still in progress to learn about it. So the point of this mantra is that just by being there and listening to your friends and affirming that their pain, it's already makes your friends feel better so we don't have to like trying to fix <laughs> everything and this kind of things um yeah um for example i think we talk a lot with each other during like you know breakups with you know when our, we're friends have a breakup and things like that what do you think samara definitely <laughs> about this mantra <laughs> definitely so the mantra again is i know you suffer and this is why mm -hmm. I am here for you. That is so powerful yeah. because you're right. The Because we care about someone else, the first impulse could be, I want to alleviate your suffering because it makes me sad to see you suffer. But sometimes when we're such in that state, all we need is uh, someone to hold our space, to just tell what we need to speak and for them to just listen and give that that space. And I think you do it so well with me and with our other friends. It's so mindful, you know, because communication, I feel like, is something that is so automatic. You never really learn unless you want to learn about how to communicate well. So understanding this could be such a big pivotal part in the listener's life. I agree. And also with me, because knowing this is just, it makes me feel, it makes me just more skillful in a way. So there is a balance, right, on what, the book said is you all you can do is just give another extra information to your friends or your family and you can only do that let's say a day after they let go all of their feelings you should not interrupt them with suggestions or advice when it's the first time for them coming to you and sharing their sad experience i think and after that in two days three days you can just add information it's I think I love how they put it in here is adding information. It's not about changing them or like making them feel better. It's, that's it. They just add information. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's to your friends or your family to what they want to do next with this information. I just learned this um, maybe a few years back, but I often ask my friends, I can be a friend who just listens or I can be someone who gives you advice. Just tell me which one you need at the moment. Because sometimes mm -hmm. I also realize that I'm giving advice and like oh probably this is not the right time like as you said we should do it after the feeling has calmed down but that could also work you ask for permission for the other people depending on what they want yeah that's, that's true a, interesting 
Yeah, and lastly from the book is about choosing nourishing, nourishing speech over toxic speech, which involves speaking the truth or is again speaking that nourishes understanding of sufferings, like avoiding anger or blaming. That's really cool. That's really cool. And you just said something about toxic speech, right? And I wonder in situations where we are not balanced and communicating based on our problem with someone else to you, for example, I have a problem with someone else and I'm, I'm telling Nadia about it and communicating, but what if I am the one having a problem with you? Like we are in an argument between me and you, hmm. or there's just emotion inside the communication. How can we still use this mindfulness aspect in arguing or talking to someone with a different point of view? Because that's usually where yes. conflict arises, right? One, one of the mantra in the, in the book also is very good. I think it's the most useful one. It's called, you are partly right. <laughs> Why do you say that? So it's helpful when we try to criticize uh, other people, but at the same time, still validating their feelings and argument. Um, because I think it also gives us um, humility on our, when we're arguing, it means we're not always 100% right. And there's also another uh, aspect to it. Um, beyond Zen Buddhism work, I think there's also a very famous uh, psychology scholar, Esther Perel. She's um, a personal relationship therapist. And she said practical things like avoid saying, you're always late or you never care for me, you know? Because there is, in psychology, there is this theory of fundamental attribution where when, when other people make mistakes, you attribute it to the other's characters. Like you're always late because you don't care about me, because you're not organized. But when we're late, it's circumstantial. Like, oh, I'm late because, you know, I need to talk with my boss first, etc. <laughs> so, but at the same time, if you are late and your friend is angry towards you, again, you should not trying to control them to make, why are you angry? You know, like you have to understand me, etc. But as Sir Farrell said, you have to give them space to be angry and validate their emotions and communicate later when the time is better. That is so, so important. Thank you for sharing that. I, I remember just very briefly, I did exactly that mistake. I, I attribute someone being late to, you don't love me if you're late. And then when I'm late, I'm sorry. It was just the tram or something. So it's, it's very funny. <laughs> and it's so amazing that you yeah. discovered Esther Perel said there was a psychological term. What was it again? Fundamental attribution. Okay. So yes. fundamental attribution error could be something that the listeners can, can search. Yeah. We don't have to feel guilty also. It's also our human nature maybe you've heard about this because you started psychology uh, confirmation bias yeah. so you fill in the gaps to support like what you want to believe in already like right yeah. <laughs> and then you start to pick point all this time that the other person's been late and don't care about you <laughs> when they just have circumstantial problem i think it's very yeah. common yeah it's, it's 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 quite interesting okay now i'm a bit more enlightened because this yeah. is a psychological bias thing, confirmation bias as well. Good to know, opening my mind. This has been great. I loved everything that you said. It's just so useful for, for our daily lives. I wonder if the listeners right now have been listening to you, right? And 
they're gonna text someone or call someone or talk to someone at their house how would you suggest them to do at least like one thing that can attribute them towards a path of more mindful listening okay i think this is a very good step that also will connect with your other podcast um in the book you know now we are so connected to people people can email you and expect you to respond to your email or chat by seconds just try to breathe in and breathe out before um, um, responding to anything. And secondly, also, you know, mindful listening, you don't have to do it now, you know? It means you don't have to do it right away when the other people need to. You can say that I'm not in a good state to listen to you mindfully and you can, you can set boundaries with other people and be a mindful listener when you're actually ready to be one, right? Um, and also I think, uh, another mantra that is very useful from this book is, um, I suffer, please help. I think it's genius because normally when we get hurt by other people, we tend to be angry or we suppress our emotions. Like for example, you're angry with your friend or your boyfriend. There are two ways to it. Either you don't reply to them for a um, few hours <laughs> or... <laughs> Or you just like send a paragraph of being angry, right? Yeah. Um, but, but the actual truth is that it's, we have to argue, like fight better instead of blaming other people. The most important part is um, telling them how their action make us feel. I think it's also parallel with a lot of Esther Perel's work, interestingly. So Thich Nhat Hanh and Esther Perel their work are very parallel with each other. For me, it was like fascinating. <laughs> so yeah, so you can say like, by when you are late, it makes me feel like, um, for example, I cannot rely on you. It makes me feel like anxious. And it's proven that actually humans are on average really good people and we want to help others to feel better. And it's more motivating than you are not organized, you're late, like, I don't think, like, I gotta give you ultimatum to get your shit together, or I don't know, you know, it's much more um, effective in arguing, um, or just shutting other people down, it's like that, yeah. That's amazing, that's such a important thing to realize and recognize, honestly, I wish I listened to this podcast when I was younger, <laughs> this is so good, <laughs> I know, it's like, <laughs> It makes life so much easier. So thank you for pandemic and me discovering this amazing book. Yeah, and thank <laughs> and you. it's so simple also. Like, it's very simple. Like, and it makes a lot of difference. It does. And what I noticed also, this, um, this skills uh, that Thich Nhat Hanh teach us in his book goes beyond personal relationships. Also, when we communicate with... Um, as a community with different political views or religious beliefs, etc., uh, just by understanding each other, we could be um, we could avoid like political conflicts and etc. It was very interesting part of the book when he he tries to re uh, relate how um, how mindful communications can also. Uh, very helpful in the level of society because he actually grew up in Vietnamese war so what it means is just he understands both of 
the government's pain and the um and also the separatist pain i think also in indonesian context for example there are groups of people who are reluctant to change a certain ways of things whether it's uh, in terms of religious freedom or uh, public uh, freedom of speech i mean it's important to understand where that fear is rooted and then we understand we could understand that actually both parties are in fear or both parties are in suffering when they don't understand each other and yeah it's a very interesting point of view yeah thank you for sharing that that's also very relevant to the u.s elections that are coming up very soon so maybe that's for another podcast and another time because i'm sure there's so much we can go through with with the political aspect and just in society and trying to move you know society around isn't there a book about this that you also quoted and talked to me before yes um it's written by john Haidt. it's called the righteous mind uh, why good people are divided by religion and politics so he is a social psychologist and he explores the origins of our divisions and points the way uh, forward to mutual understanding on how people with different views can stop you know demonizing other parties and understand each other i think the three um scholars or influencers that i quoted today all their works are parallel in a way that um the world is not purely black and white it's always been a spectrum of good and bad and there are skills concrete skills for us to communicate better and to create better mutual understanding in personal life and in community life i think yeah awesome we're going to add the links to the three scholars Han, esther peril and this guy you just mentioned i can't pronounce John John uh, in the description so everyone can see thank you so much nadia for sharing i'm i'm so happy that we're talking super positive and constructive things <laughs> it's it's different but i love talking to you almost every day so <laughs> that's true <laughs> so before we finish i want to do something very quick and fun with you it's called a quick fire round question you'll be my second guest who did so i'm gonna say um a few words i'm gonna okay. say five words related to this topic. and you can say either <laughs> a word or a sentence that comes up in your head about this topic okay are you ready okay i'm feeling competitive for no reason <laughs> i'll give you points <laughs> so so you say a word and i'll say a word yes or a sentence but the first thing that comes into your mind so the catches don't think just like in a split second okay. the first thing that comes in your mind okay ready let's do this yeah first word relationship um complicated <laughs> always <laughs> and then second joy joy my dogs <laughs> so good third diversity diversity uh is necessity so good I re- you're doing really good for texting 
texting um emojis <laughs> <laughs> and five communicating communicating it's a skill yeah Yay! you did really really Yay! good i loved it thank I loved you, really you too <laughs> thank you so much uh, thank you so You're much welcome. thank you anytime thank you so for people who would like to get to know you better or follow your work or the things that you are communicating out there because you're an advocate for a lot of different things a lot of people just don't know exactly. that i think you do have a lot of different um, communities that you are supporting currently right now so where can people follow the different things that you are doing okay i think it's better to just follow my instagram at nadia fadhila um because yeah and then you can see diverse works between um, mostly politics and tech that's it <laughs> yeah that's so good thank you so much nadia for being in this Sorry, thank you. have thank you. a nice day for you have a nice day for you too thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and thank you so much for everyone who has been listening and tuning into this podcast i hope that you have learn something through my discussions with Nadia. Maybe it's a mantra, maybe it's a tip. And hopefully that you can do the next steps of mindful listening, mindful communicating in your daily life and see how it changes your life. Thank you so much. Namaste. Namaste.